excited for what we are doing uh, together, soaking in the Word. Soaking in, like we said last week, when we, those who soak in the Word live courageously with and for the Lord. Living courageous lives for the Lord when we are soaking in His Word. And I know we read this week several chapters of the New Testament. Uh, it kind of got started a little bit easy the first few days. It was only a couple. Uh, but I still think in the last week we've, it's been about an average of about two. Uh, I think we read 16 chapters in, in seven days. So uh, here's the chapters on the screen that we've read. We started each of the four Gospels. And what's neat is in each of the four Gospels, we get to see a different perspective of who, who they think they're showing Jesus to be. And, and so each of these Gospels, they're having this lens of who Jesus is. And, you know, starting each of these Gospels, we get to see uh, some of them had genealogies, some of them had the birth of Christ, some of them just started right into the Gospel, and just what is the Gospel. Um, and so it's really neat to see how they each started and, and where we're going with that. But I wanted, I've been asking you guys as we have been talking about this challenge of the New Testament challenge, October to December. It's not about reading just to read, but it's about encountering the Word, encountering Jesus the Word. We saw that in John 1, that Jesus is the Word. And, and so encountering the Word, I'm going to ask you guys, and this is, oh, we have a microphone. Kenny, are you able to do that? Uh, Anybody that wants to just give a quick something that they learned about God this week, uh, how they encountered Jesus through the Word. So, yeah, just raise your hand and uh, Kenny will get you the microphone. Roaster? Okay. When Jesus spoke about me being raised in three days after, oh, when he told the Pharisees that tear this temple down and I'll be raised in three days. And it said that after, after he died and was rose again, then the apostles and the disciples believed the scriptures and so mike and i were talking about okay what were those scriptures because their scriptures at the time would have been in the old testament mm -hmm. and so it led me to last night into reading finding i was thinking there was a prophecy about something about the messiah coming and being raised in three days but there isn't actually a prophecy specifically about that but all the links to what god did in three days mm -hmm. three days is important in god's timeline yeah, thank you, Don. Yeah, it's really neat to see that, like, that God, that, that Jesus said he was going to, you know, the, the people thought they were talking about, that Jesus was talking about the temple, but Jesus is talking about the t him, and how he was going to be rebuilt in three days, that he was going to come out of the grave three days later. Um, and that points to so much of the scripture, the Old Testament scripture too. And then it's neat that the, the disciples then started to believe. All right, well, thank you. Thank you, Don, for being brave. Um, there will be op other opportunities um, other weeks. So as you're thinking about it, uh, just, we want to encourage each other with how we are encountering the Lord. We're not just reading the Bible just to read, just to get through it. We're reading the New Testament to encounter the God of the Bible, to encounter Him and, and to see His goodness. Now this week, we're gonna, we're gonna, today we're looking at um, how Mark started his gospel uh, and so we're looking at how the kingdom is here. Uh, so it, we're going to look at the first uh, part of Mark. So if you have a Bible, I'd love you to turn to Mark chapter 1. And we're going to start at the very beginning. 
And Mark was one of the, he wasn't one of the disciples, but we think he was an eyewitness. Uh, in, in fact, we'll see later on uh, that he was most likely the person uh, that was there the time that, that uh, Jesus was arrested, uh, and he ran away uh, after getting into a little bit of a fight. And it says he ran away actually naked. So that, we think that's Mark. We think he was around, um, but he was also not just an eyewitness. He was a friend of Peter. And so Peter treated Mark kind of like a, a son. And so he, Peter, what it, um, Peter was the one that really gave Mark a lot of the details of these stories too, uh, is what we believe. All right, so in Mark chapter 1, um, I, you know, Matthew and Luke, they give the nativity of who Jesus, you know, they, they give the Christmas, how Jesus was born, and the, the story of that. Um, John says right away that he was, Jesus was part of creation, and the Word became flesh, and, and all that, about how Jesus is the Word. Mark says right away in the very first verse, he doesn't say anything about Jesus being born, but here's what he said. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, So right away, in the first verse, he says who this is. This is about the Son of God, the Messiah. This is the good news about Jesus. And he says, As it was written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send you my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, He was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and ate wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John is this this messenger, this messenger that was was predicted in in the Old Testament, both in Isaiah and in Malachi, uh, giving this that someone was going to come and prepare the way of the Christ. Someone was going to come give this message, pointing people to the way of who now we know is Jesus. The Messiah, the one that, that the Jews were waiting for. The one that was going to save and redeem the people. Their idea of redeeming was a little different than what, what Jesus' idea was. But they were still excited. They wanted to see who this Messiah was. And, but to see this Messiah, their hearts needed to be prepared And so John prepared the way for the kingdom of God. John the Baptist, uh, in the Bible recap, Terry Lee Cobble affectionately says JTB, uh, instead of John the Baptist, but JTB, he was preparing the way. Preparing the way for, for, for the kingdom of God. He was preparing the way of this message of salvation. Now, I don't know, when we go to a concert... You know, there's usually, Nate was just telling me about a concert they're going to, and he didn't even really know who the first person is in the lineup. You know, but Andrew Ripp, right? Okay. But, so I'm not trying to give you, 
But, but yeah, he was the first person in the concert is, is kind of like there to, you know, warm up the crowd, you know, kind of let them they know about who's coming, get them excited. You know, there's, it's kind of just a, a preparation, but it's not the real, it's not the, the, the person you're waiting for, right? It's not the band you're waiting for. John is this, this opening, this opening person getting the people ready. He's baptizing people, showing them that, the, that their hearts need to be ready for the kingdom of God. You know, I know it's only October, but in February, there's this big game called the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is, is the end of the season for professional football. And before the game, there's this, you know, usually the game starts around 6 o'clock our time, 6.15, but before the game, I think it's even like while we're still in church, there's like pregame show that starts. And I think there's like nine hours of pregame. But like who wants to watch nine hours of pregame? Even if you're a diehard fan, I don't even want to watch that. Even if it's my team. <laughs> but nine hours. They're, they're getting people ready for the kickoff. They're getting people ready for all the storylines. They want to know what, what's going to happen or what to predict. They're getting people excited. John was getting people ready for the kingdom of God. He was preparing this way. And he was preaching this baptism of repentance. But he was pointing people to Jesus because he said, one greater than I, more powerful than I, is coming. And his baptism is going to be with the Holy Spirit, he said. So then in verse 9, we see this next baptism. It says... At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and his spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. We see this, uh, John baptizes Jesus. We see, you know, sometimes we, we might wonder, maybe you wondered, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Because baptism is for repentance. Jesus had nothing to repent of. Jesus was, was showing this as a symbol that we are to be like him and be baptized. Not for salvation, but is it a symbol of who we worship, who we are devoted to. And it's really neat that at the, at the baptism of Jesus, we see this, this really cool picture of the Trinity because we worship the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And here we see this picture of, the, of a, a dove descending on Jesus. The, this, the Spirit coming down. This, this, the dove is a picture of um, perfection. It's this white, you know, clean, unlike the pigeons, Right? It's, it's the symbol that the Spirit is on Jesus, with Jesus. And we hear, now we don't know who heard this, but God the Father said that He's, this is my Son who I'm well pleased. You know, there's some debate whether it was heard by everyone or heard just by John and Jesus or those, those who trusted God. We don't know. But He said it. This is my son who I'm well pleased. And in verse 12 it says, once again, at once, which I, 
one thing you need to know about Mark is he, he says immediately or at once, he kind of keeps the story going quickly. Uh, in this first chapter of Mark, he, he gives a whole bunch of stories really fast. Where if you saw in, in the other Gospels about the same stories, they take a few chapters to get to these. All right, I, I should also say one more thing. I forgot that uh, Mark and Matthew, Luke, the, the three Gospels, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're what's called the Synoptic Gospels, and they are seen kind of in the same light. So those three use a lot of the same stories. Now, not, not exactly all the same details, not all the same things. They have different emphasis, but John writes just in a completely different way, okay? So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you're going to see a lot of the same things happening, but just in, with different uh, emphasis there. But Mark, he likes to talk about immediately. He like is getting to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So here in, in uh, verse 12, it says, at once the Spirit sent Jesus into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. Like other Gospels, they, they give a lot more details here. But John, I'm sorry, uh, Mark, he just gives this, these details, just kind of the facts, just here's what happened. And so John prepared the way for the kingdom of God, and now we see that Jesus is, part, is bringing the kingdom of God. Let's see in verses 14 and 15, it says that after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, and listen to what he was proclaiming. He was proclaiming the good news of God. At the time, the time has come, he said, that the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This was Jesus' message. He was proclaiming the arrival of the kingdom of God. He was saying, the kingdom of God is here. You've heard John preaching about how the kingdom of God is coming and, and someone is bringing in the kingdom. Jesus said, it's me. I'm bringing the kingdom of God, so repent and believe the good news. You know, when the kickoff starts for the Super Bowl, Everybody's like, hey, get, get in here. They're, they're starting the game. They're starting the game. You don't want to miss it. I mean, maybe some people don't mind missing it. But if you're at a Super Bowl party or you're watching the game with some friends, you don't want to miss it. Come, come see the beginning. It's here. It started. Finally, the pregame's over. It's on. You don't want to miss this. Jesus announces that he has brought the kingdom of God. This should be exciting. The kingdom of God has come near, and so his, his message is, since it's here, we need people to repent and believe the good news. What does that mean? What does it mean to repent? Because that's kind of important if we want to know what Jesus was talking about. What does it mean to repent? And repenting at the most simple nature is a, is a way of saying turn, turn around. And instead of going this direction when you find when jesus calls you when you come to jesus when you've seen jesus jesus wants us to repent and go the way with him instead of the way away from him because when we are on our own we are we are not going in line with jesus we are going our own way and so john he brought he, he prepared prepared the way of the kingdom. But now Jesus 
proclaim the arrival of the kingdom. And he says, come with me. Come with me. Come into my kingdom. And then right away, Mark shows a, a couple, or a story here. He, in verse 16 it says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, it says, they left their nets and followed him. These two fishermen, now we don't, in Luke and in Matthew, it gives a little more details here, but in Mark, just the quick story, come follow me, and they did, okay? They, they repented, they turned towards Jesus, and they left their nets. They didn't even, they didn't do, they didn't even finish up with their things. They just left and went with Jesus. Verse 19 when he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Again, these two, two fishermen, their brothers, they followed Jesus right away. They didn't even, like, settle everything. They just said, like, all right, he's calling, I'm going. Jesus presents a choice. The choice to enter the kingdom of God. Yes, there was an arrival of the kingdom of God, but he gives us this choice to enter the kingdom of God. These fishermen, they entered the kingdom of God because right away when Jesus called, they said, I'm coming. And not just they said they're coming, they actually left their things, left their boats, and they followed. And they, they began this journey of being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, get everything together, finish all your things, uh, clean up your life, and then come to me. He doesn't say that. He says, come. And he gives them, he gives them this choice. Are you going to come follow me or not? Jesus gives us this choice. Are you going to come follow me or not? And these fishermen, they said right, right away, they left everything and they followed you know, I know we keep talking, I keep talking about the Super Bowl, and it's maybe a bad example compared to, like, Jesus and his kingdom. But when, but when you're watching the Super Bowl, you, you have a choice. Are you going to be for a team, against a team, or you don't really care? Now, I know, I know when we're, if you don't care, you're probably not going to watch the Super Bowl. And if you don't care, you're probably not Maybe you don't even go to the Super Bowl party or you don't have it on. But there are some people that come to a Super Bowl party, watch the game, but still don't care. And I have uh, people in my family like that. But you have a choice. Are you going to be for this team, against this team, or you don't care? And I know there was this one Super Bowl I remember. I'll just say it was February 4 of 2007. And it was this team that I really, really like. And I wanted all my friends and people that were watching the game with me to cheer for my team, to win the Super Bowl for the first time of my life. And there was this girl who spent some time in Chicago. So she kind of liked the Bears, even though she really liked the Cowboys. And she chose to cheer against my team 
on the day that I really wanted her to like my team. Some of you are chuckling because you figured out it's my wife. <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I didn't blame her. She went, to, she went to Moody in Chicago. So she spent some years in Chicago. So she became a Bears fan, not more than a Cowboys fan. But yeah, good, good job. Bears finally pulled it together. But she became a Bears fan. And, but it was, it was hard for me because I, I felt like she was against me. She, was, she wasn't choosing my team. And I know this is just silliness, right, about the Super Bowl and choosing teams and stuff, but there's a reality. Are we choosing Jesus and his way and his kingdom, or are we against it? Or maybe we just don't care. And I know the against it and the don't care categories are different, and they have different motivations, but they're still in the same boat of they're not entering the kingdom of God. And so this is serious. This is serious. Jesus gives a choice to enter the kingdom of God. And he doesn't make anyone come. He doesn't make someone choose to accept the kingdom of God. But he does want you in. He invites you in. He calls you in. But it's still our choice Repentance is required to be part of the kingdom of God. If you make the choice to be in the kingdom of God, to choose to turn and follow Jesus, there's two things that Jesus says that you have to do. One is to repent and the other is to believe. And I think they kind of go hand in hand. But repentance is required to be part of the kingdom of God. We can't just get in. We can't just be part of the kingdom of God going our own way. We have to go the way of Jesus. He says this way, we go this way. He says this way, we go this way. Whatever way he says, we go. And we don't find our own way. We don't try to do it how we want to do it. We do it. We're to be followers of Jesus. That means we follow him. Where he goes, we go. Be part of the kingdom of God means that we're repenting. That means we're laying down anything that is in the way, anything that is sin, anything that is wrong, and we say, God, you have my heart. You have all of me, and I want to I be right in your sight. Now, he doesn't say, get it together first and then follow me. He says, follow me. But repentance is part of this. Repentance and believing that Jesus is the Son of God, believing that he is good, believing that he is bringing the kingdom because the kingdom has come, it's arrived. There's a quote recently I heard that it says, kill sin or it will be killing you. And this goes kind of right along with what I'm talking about is repentance. We, repentance, we're bringing our sin to, to God and saying, we bring it in confession. God, Forgive me of these things. Forgive me of trying to find my own way to go against what you want. And, let's, and when we confess those sins, he's faithful. He's just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from the unrighteousness. And he wants us to learn from him, to follow him, to be part of his kingdom. You know, John, JTB, John the Baptist, he had every chance to get the glory. People were coming from all over the place. It says all of Jerusalem was coming to hear him. 
he had the big crowds. People were, were listening to him. Yeah, he had some crazy things he was doing. We heard it interesting on in the Bible recap this week that the locusts that he was eating might have actually not been the bugs. It might have actually been some kind of like chocolatey thing, which mind blown. That could, I mean, if that was the case, he's not as weird as we thought he was. But either way, this is what he was doing, right? He was preaching. He was gaining a following. People looked at him and they even asked him, are you the Messiah? Maybe some people wanted him to be Messiah. But John always pointed back to Jesus. He pointed, not back to Jesus, he pointed to Jesus. In fact, he, there was two of his disciples that he pointed, go be disciples of, of Jesus, the Messiah. And there was a part, and we read this week in John 3, um, about how there was the disciples, John's disciples came to him and said, hey, Jesus is getting more popular than you. He's, they're baptizing more people than us. What are we going to do? And John says, he points him, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about him. And he says this in John 3, verse 30. He says, he, talking about Jesus, he must become greater. I must become less. John the Baptist, even in all his popularity and all his wisdom that he had and what he was doing, preparing the way, he still said, Jesus must be greater. I must be less. Is that what we think? Is that what's in our hearts too? Because we could, a lot of times, we try to build our own kingdoms. We try to get our own popularity. We want people to like us. We want people to accept us. We want people to do we think that we're, we have it all figured out, we have it all right. And sometimes when that happens, it's not the way of Jesus. It's the way of ourselves. And so to be part of God's kingdom, we have to repent of that. We have to repent of doing it our own way, not God's way. We want to be encountering Jesus through his word. We want to be encountering him, and that, that leads to repentance for us to be in the kingdom of God. And John, he had every chance to build his own kingdom, to show his own glory, to get his own fame. But he pointed people to Jesus and said, Jesus must be magnified. Christ be magnified. Like we sang earlier, Christ be magnified. Not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So, yeah, we can, we can be upset about different things. John was saying, we, you can be upset about all this. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Is, is Jesus' kingdom about you or is it about him? Because it, it can't be both. If you're a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, it's about him. It's not about us. There's a song that, that I've listened to on the radio called Build Your Kingdom Here. And just a few, few lines from it I just want to read. It says, Come and set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil, unveil why we're made. This prayer is we're asking Jesus that you be ruling, that your kingdom rules not just out there, but here in me. Increase in us. Increase, Jesus. Decrease us.
And why are we made? We are made to worship the King. We're made to magnify His holy name. So let's build not our kingdom, but let's be part of God's kingdom. And maybe that's, maybe that's something you don't want to do. Maybe that's something that you've never thought about before. Maybe that's something that you're not going to do. But I just challenge you, if that's you, if that's you, to show, to just to ask Jesus, can you reveal yourself? Can you reveal your kingdom? Can you reveal your goodness? Can you show me your way? You know, have you entered the kingdom of God? Or are, you, are we seeking our own kingdom? So we can, and all of us can do this, we can ask the Lord to show us what we need to repent of. Because if we're in the kingdom of God, it's not just a once in, once in a lifetime we repented and we're on the way with Jesus. We often sin. We often fall away. We often do our own, have our own way, seek our own glory, want our own kingdoms we built. But Jesus offers us a chance to repent and be on His way, having His heart with His, in His presence, that we could encounter Him through Scripture, we could trust Him, and that we could build His kingdom, not our own kingdom. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You show us in Your Word Your kingdom. Your good news of the gospel. Thank you that your kingdom is so much better than what we could even think of on our own or try for ourselves. God, we pray that we would repent and turn to be with you. Turn to live for you. Turn to trust you. And God, I know that we don't have to have it all figured out when we, when we repent, but God, I know that you transform. So God, I pray that we would be people that say yes to you, say yes to your kingdom, say yes to your way with your heart. And we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.